0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Last week I I told you a story about going down to Chihuahua, Mexico and picking up a horse named Hanos. And I told you about how I recognized something in Hanos that most people wouldn't see. He was ugly, big-headed, short-legged. But there was something about that horse that I recognized. So we brought Hanos back from Mexico, and Ralph bought him, I didn't. Sold him to a friend of mine named Craig Archer, and me and Craig Archer moved to Lubbock, Texas together. I was working for the prison system up there for a while, and so I had Hanos up there, and Hanos, when Craig moved, I ended up, or my dad ended up buying Hanos, and we used him until the day that he died. And um, we talked about recognizing faith and the things that we have to do in order to recognize faith, because if you can't recognize your own faith, how are you going to be able to use it? There was four of us cowboys that took two trailers over to a big pasture that we called the Rose Pasture. I have no idea why it's called the Rose Pasture. I don't think anybody did. I think they just, you know, used Scrabble letters or something and come up with that, and we pulled in the we pulled in the gate and we went to the windmill and four cowboys got out of two trucks and two trailers and we backed one up that had an open top because we was going after a half Corriente, half Longhorn, half Great White Shark and half Rattlesnake that was in that pasture. The cowboys that I was standing there with, I was proud to be a part of, because these were top hands. It was rumored that these, that all four of us were born growed up, with nine rows of back teeth and holes bored for more. We had come out roping panthers and riding anything with hair on it. And some things it was too rough for hair. We looked at each other because this it's big steer it used to be a roping steer turned just wild as could be and this horse this steer had already gored one horse had horns on it about that long weighed about 800 pounds and we was going out there and come hell or high water we's gonna get him so I saddled old Honos up and I cinched him up tight and I took the outside they were still I said I'm on the slowest horse but I'm gonna take the outside I'm gone and there I went and I was taking the outside, and I was going along through there, and it had, uh, had mesquite through that thing about, oh, I don't know, from the stage about this tall. You know, you could see the back of a steer or something if you caught a glimpse of it. And I caught a glimpse of that great white going through the, going through the mesquite. It did. It looked just like a whale, a killer whale or something like that without the fin and so i was coming around and i was watching and them other boys picked him up first and i mean you could hear those hooves just start a thundering through that mesquite and it's a little different than the wide open spaces out here because you have to chase it and stay on your horse and everything and so i turned old Honos and there we go i mean they was moving they were going and then here comes me and Honos. Yeah. They got up that 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 big steer went straight to the pens and straight to the pond. I don't know what y'all call them up here. We call them dirt tanks. I've heard them called ponds whatever your your meaning is. That steer went, you know, right over there to where the windmill was and where the pond was. And as I got from about here to the, that arena over there, I could see the strangest sight. Three top-notch cowboys were standing on the banks of this, and, and I mean the banks of this, this dirt tanks from the floor were about that high, and then it got kind of deep out there in the middle and everything, and they've got three people like a triangle, and they're all on their horse, and they're all swinging their ropes, and they're throwing it as far as they can because that old steer was standing right out in the middle of that pond. I don't even know how it was breathing. I think it just hold its head up like this. And whenever he'd throw it, it'd duck its head. I mean, this was an ornery son of a gun. And here me and Hanos come. (laughs) Here we come. And I ride up, and I see these cowboys. See, they wasn't like uh, y'all big-loop ropers that carry 60-foot ropes. They only had 30-foot ropes, and that steer was standing 35 feet from every one of them. They were throwing! And here comes me and Hanos. And we went right up that bank and right into the water. We never slowed down. That old steer's eyes got about this big. I reached out and just, it's not hard to rope a a steer whenever it's in this deep of water. And I just threw my rope over. I was tied on hard and fast. Me and Hanos, we just kept going. We never broke stride. (laughs) And we got up there. And that, 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 that half Corriente, half Longhorn, half Great White, half Rattlesnake was so bum-fuzzled, he just come up next to me like, what was that? And so when we got up there by that trailer, the trailer gate was wide open. I just pitched some slack over it, and we just kept going. <laughs> Sucked that old thing right up, and I turned around and said, all right, boys, close the gate. They never heard the end of that. Today, we're going to talk about riding your faith, using your faith as a tool, because a lot of people think, oh, it's just something that I have, kind of like that big spoon in the drawer that nobody knows what it's for, it's too big to eat cereal with, but it's too small to serve veggies with, right? A lot of people, that's how their faith is. They just was like, you know what, I've got faith, I don't know how to use it or anything like that. Last week, we talked about how to recognize faith. This week, we're going to talk about how to ride in faith, to use our faith as a tool. I'm going to go over what we talked about last week real quick. Last week, we talked about how to recognize our faith, and we talked about how no longer will we ride with shame or doubt because we know that God chose us to ride with him, not the other way around. God chose us. No longer will we be blindfolded by the fear and worry that keeps us from seeing God in our lives. Fear and worry are just blindfolds that keep us from seeing God. No longer will we be insecure or self-conscious about who we are because we see ourselves the way God sees us. He made you, and he didn't make a mistake. He made you just like you are. Now that we can recognize our faith, now we can saddle up and use it. Today, I want you to imagine a faith that will help you make difficult decisions. And you know that one I'm talking about right now. That one that's been bugging you, you don't know what to do. How about if God helps you do that? Imagine a faith that supplies you with everything that you need. Because there's been some things in your life. That just doesn't quite seem up to snuff. How would you like it if God provided everything that you needed? Imagine a faith that will guarantee your success. Imagine a faith that will allow you to change the world. The first thing that we're gonna talk about James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. We're going to ride with that faith that will help us make good decisions. James chapter 1, verse 5 in the Simplified Cowboy Version says this, If you need wisdom, all you got to do is ask God for it, and he'll give it. He won't ever get on to you for asking. Let me read that again. If you need wisdom, all you got to do is ask God for it, and he'll give it. He won't ever get on to you for asking. How would you like your faith to be so strong that you can just say, God's got this? Because that's what it's saying. God's got this decision. God's got it. I don't have to worry about it. God's got it. God's promise is to give you the wisdom that you need. James 1.5 says that if you need wisdom concerning one of the decisions that you have, just ask him. He's going to give it to you. It's a promise in the Bible. Does God ever break a promise? No. He's never broken a promise in. What, eternity? I I don't know. Never has before, never will. If he promises it, it's going to be done. If you've got a difficult decision to make, all you have to do is ask God, and he'll help you make that decision. The right decision, though, may not be apparent from the very beginning. Okay? Because I could have guaranteed you that I had failed before in a decision that I make. And years later, I realized that it was the right decision from the get-go. From from a worldly standpoint, it might seem like it's the wrong decision. But when you follow God and you trust in God and you ask him for the wisdom to make the right decision, you got it. Today, we need to go from believing that God will help you with your decisions to knowing that he will help you with your decisions. All you have to do is ask. Ask. God, what, what am I supposed to do here? And then just let him make it. A lot of times the right decision's the harder of the two. When you're, when you're going through there and you think, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Most of the time you know God speaks to us. I know I need to do that, but man, Dad Gummet, that seems like the harder, the harder road. Listen to God and let him help you make the decision. Riding in faith is knowing this right here. I have been given the wisdom of God concerning every decision that I make. And I want you to memorize that and tell yourself out loud, I have been given the wisdom of God concerning every decision I make. The second thing that we're going to talk about, we're going to go from decisions to writing with faith that supplies you with everything you need. In Luke 6, 38, this is one of the most amazing promises in the entire bible listen to this closely give to others them things that you give out will be right back to you in more abundance and quality than you could have ever mustered yourself so much so that you won't even be able to get a 60 foot rawhide loop around them What is that saying? If you will give to others, God's going to turn right back around and shoot whatever you gave right back at you in not only more abundance, but in better quality than you ever had in your life. That is a promise. Sometimes we go, well, I just don't feel like I have all that I need. If you need something, give it away. That's a promise from God right there in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He says, if you will give to others, I will return it to you in more quality and abundance than you could have ever received or been able to do yourself. So much so that you won't even be able to get a 60-foot rawhide loop around it. We've got to go to realizing that our saddlebags are already packed by God. Everything that we need is already packed up and waiting for us. Sometimes God may put, a, put what we need down the trail. And we think, well, I can't do that unless I get this. What he wants us to do is step out and go, God, I know that it's down there. And I'm just going to keep riding. And as soon as I need that, you're going to furnish it. He told the disciples, don't take a cloak. Don't take anything. Just go. Everything you need will be supplied for you. You can't out-give God. When you give to others, when you show others love, love will be returned to you. Jared talked about respect. If you want want to get respect, give it. Because I guarantee you, you know that cowboy or cowgirl right now that you're thinking about that you just nearly and i don't mean in a biblical bad sense but you just idolize because they were just so nice and they just respected everybody and when you think man i'd like to be like that fella or that that lady if god has called you to do something then he will supply what you need focus on what's provided by god instead of what you think you need most of us sitting in this room, nobody should be hungry here. Ken brought us all a bunch of goodies back there. Everything, Everybody sitting here probably had a place to sleep last night, had food on the table, coffee, everything like that. God's going to provide what you need. Focus on what he's provided, not on what you think you need. Today, I want you to go from believing God has provided everything, go from believing God has provided everything you need to knowing that God has already provided you with everything that you need. This is what I want you to memorize. Say it to yourself. Tell it to yourself when you wake up in the mornings, before you go to bed. Say it to yourself while you're talking to your buddy. Say it out loud. Tell your buddy my saddlebags are already full of everything I need in order to do what God has called me to do. That's a promise. When you follow God, he will supply everything that you need. The third thing that we're going to talk about, how to ride in faith and how to use your faith to actually use it is a faith that will guarantee success. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, says this, but Moses argued, who am I to speak in front of Pharaoh? He's talking to God. Who am I to speak in front of Pharaoh? Who am I to trail all them folks out of Egypt? And God answered, you're going to succeed because I'm going to be with you. You're going to succeed because I'm going to be with you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be right there. Does God fail? Absolutely not. And so if he's riding with you, he's not going to allow you to fail. A faith that guarantees success. And when I hope that every single one of you all understand what I mean, I'm talking about godly success. I'm talking about being the person and doing the things that God calls you to do. I am not telling you, I am not standing up here saying, if you will just come to know Jesus, you can have a living quartered horse trailer by the end of the week. I ain't saying all that. I could care less about worldly things. I'm talking about succeeding in what God has called you to do. And there is no greater effort or work than to succeed in what God has called you to do. I cannot fail. God has called you for a reason. He's called each and every one of y'all to do something. I don't know what that is, and maybe y'all don't either. But remember James chapter 1? All you have to do is ask, and God will tell you. And I can guarantee you one thing. The only thing that I know that when God calls you to do something, it'll be the scariest thing you've ever done in your life. And you won't know what you're supposed to do. You're like, I can't do that. And God says, of course you can. not If you could do it, you wouldn't need me. I cannot fail. You can never succeed with man, but with God leading you, you cannot fail. Today, we need to go from believing That you will succeed in what god has called you to do to knowing it writing in faith is knowing this right here this is another one that i want you to think about i want you to memorize my success is guaranteed because god asked me to do it now with that other deal sometimes our success may not always be apparent But in God's plan and in God's eyes, you cannot fail when you step out in faith and you do what he has called you to do. The last thing that we're going to talk about today is this. We need to ride with faith that can change the world. Do you believe that you can change the world? In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus Christ himself says these words. I'm shooting straight when I tell you that if you have faith in me, if you have faith in me you will do the same things that i'm doing you're even going to do greater things because i'm going to go be with my dad and i'm going to send you a helper jesus said you're going to do greater things than even i did here and look at what he accomplished in three years did he change the world absolutely he changed the world and he's called each and every one of you to change the world also That world may be changed starting with your family. What a better way. We do not know the impact of writing in faith and letting our children see the type of faith that we have. Whenever that problem comes up and they say, you know, Mom, Dad, what's the problem? There is no problem because God's got us. They'll listen with your friends, with your coworkers, with your community with the great state of Colorado, and even down into Texas. Y'all sitting right here are already part of changing the world. God has called you here for a reason, and you can do it. We have to understand, and I'm not talking about me when I say I. I'm speaking for every one of you. Only I can change the world. And that's what you need to remember. Only you can change the world. But when we have 200 people sitting here tonight, or tonight, today, when we have 200 people sitting here and everybody believes that only they can change the world, that it is their responsibility to change the world, you put 200 people together, we'll storm the gates of hell and we'll get get as many people as we can. To go with us to eternity isn't that what god called us to do yep the cowboy or cowgirl that rides in faith is the most powerful thing in the world there is nothing stronger hell cannot overcome somebody that trusts in jesus christ only those with guts and faith can make a difference the rest just rot in nothingness let me read that again Only those with guts and faith can make a difference. The rest just rot in nothingness. Today, do you want to go from nothingness to changing the world? God's called you here today to hear this message because he's got a plan for each one of you. God wants to work through each of you to make an eternal difference in somebody's life, in a bunch of somebody's lives. The devil will try to convince you that no one can change the world. And I know that 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 thought has run through your mind. I can't change the world. That's not God talking. God told you to go change the world. The devil will try to convince you otherwise. The devil will try to convince you that no one can change the world, but that's a lie because he knows that you can. Today, go from believing that you might be able to change the world to knowing That you can change the world. Writing in faith is knowing this. And this is the last one that I want you to remember. I want you to tell yourself every day. My faith will change the world. My faith will change the world. We're going to go over these one more time. The decision was easy. Easy. To ride into that pond that day, into that dirt tank. God has also called you to where others are unwilling to go or too afraid to go. Or for whatever reason, God is going to call you. People are standing on the sidelines and God is going to call you into the dirt tank. To succeed with one person, with him, where others have failed, tried and failed. I had everything I needed that day to accomplish that task. I had a good horse, a good rope, willingness to go where others were unwilling to go, and riding in faith. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, quite frankly, I didn't care. I was on the slowest horse that day, and out of all them cowboys, I was the weakest roper. The slowest horse and the weakest roper, were able to accomplish what top hands were unable to do. So don't think that you're not qualified to do it. God working through you, there is nothing more powerful than that. Be a difference maker. Don't just do what the world does and throw loops from the shore. Dive in and change how someone sees their life. It is your responsibility. God has called you to it. You will succeed you will not fail every decision that you make if you'll ask god he'll help you with that decision today i want you to start riding in faith using your faith with these four steps and i want you to go beyond those four steps all the way to eternity let's go to the lord in prayer God, you have chosen these cowboys and cowgirls to ride with you. No longer do they have to be controlled by fear and worry that has plagued them for so long. Help them to see themselves the way you do, not the way the world tells them they are. Lord, we know that we have your wisdom concerning every decision if we have only to ask. We know that you supply our every need as we ride these pastures for you and with you. When when you call us, that means that we will succeed in our purpose if we ride in faith. And finally, Lord, we know that your word says that we will do great things when riding in faith. But the greatest thing we can do is to give our lives to riding for your brand. I invite that cowboy or cowgirl listening right now to do just that. They can do it right where they're sitting or standing by just repeating these words in their hearts. Lord, I give you everything. Not just some things, but everything. Help me to do what you would have me do, to say what you would have me say. Go where you would have me go and be who you would have me be. In your name I pray. Amen.